Hello, friends! Welcome to episode 125 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can, whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I'm Sarah. And I'm Rob. How are we doing, Rob? You know, I've got a cup of tea, and uh, it's the first day of fall. Yeah. Yeah. First day of fall, it's Wednesday night therapy night. That's right. It's, it feels, it, it, it feels everything's good. coming into alignment, mm-hmm. um, including a couple of planets. Apparently, you can see, at least in the north northern hemisphere, mm-hmm. uh, we can see Jupiter, Saturn, and Venus oh, in almost a perfect line. Yeah, we can't see crap right now because it's pouring rain for the next. That's two or true. Three days, that is but, true. But uh... a couple of days ago, it was, it was quite <laughs> visible and quite beautiful. So very nice. Very nice. Uh, so let's see here, uh, real quick, actually, before, before we get started, um, the, the show topic today is dealing a bit with the subject of death and finality and stuff like that. So, um, if that is a subject that is, uh, a bit, you know, tender to you and stuff like that, we encourage you to take care of yourself. Always. If, uh, you know, take, take care of yourself first. Don't worry about, you know, listening if this is a harmful topic to you. Correct. Correct. Uh, but... Rolling kind of adjacent to that, I yes. had my game last weekend. You did. You and did. you can tell from the grin on my face that I am just chuffed about how it went. I think it went exceptionally well. I think it went exceptionally well. Uh, so this is the first game after switching my D&D campaign over to a Savage Worlds campaign. Um, some of the really good highlights uh, was uh, we did an interlude Mm-hmm. which is a little kind of collaborative storytelling thing that is built guided, in the Savage World. Kind of. It's a little guided. It's a little guided. So it's collaborative, you know, yeah. um, where uh, you guys had a week worth of downtime um, as you're just kind of traveling down the highway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, literally freeway travel for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so we had you all draw cards essentially mm-hmm. and we gave you a couple different topics that you could opine in character mm-hmm. on yes and uh we got a little snippet of kind of backstory or a little insight into each character at the table even players at my table who uh uh like your wife particularly yeah. uh, does not like being put on the spot for impromptu stuff was actually the first to volunteer yes i think she felt that the uh the feeling, and she kind of got into the groove of the game a little differently, and that's why I think she stepped into it the way she did. Yep, yep. But I think uh, it all went very, very fluidly. Um, I feel like a lot of players felt like they weren't bottlenecked into their class, mm-hmm. uh, and so they felt more free to engage with different things. Yes. Um, like, your character went to go see the Thieves Guild. Yeah, with another character. With another yeah. character. I yeah. mean, now that, that other character was the one with the Underworld contact, mm-hmm. but like... The quote-unquote cleric went to go talk to the Thieves Guild. Like, yeah. Not your typical bailiwick, but here we are, you know? Um, overall, though, went really great. Uh, I feel really good about it. My players feel seem to feel really good about it, and I got nothing but positive feedback. Um, yeah. When we did our breakdown at the end of the game, mm-hmm. uh, asked people for, like, you know, what was what was the negatives for you, and not a lot of people had anything to say, really. No, no. And I, I think most of it was just the... Uh... Of, of first session jitters and figuring things out. Yeah. Like that was it. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Then we play again in two weeks, which is a tighter schedule than I'm used to be on. Mm-hmm. So I've got to get some painting done el pronto. Uh, always the case. <laughs> but now fast. But uh, but now very fast. So, yes. Um, now, now, apparently Savage World is fast, furious, fun also for you. Also for me, yes. <laughs> well, we'll... we'll work on that fun part but i will definitely say that the 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 combat felt very fast very furious and quite a lot of fun like we we got through a combat scenario in less than three hours it was great 
Six so. enemies, six players, and um, combat was over in, I think, 20 minutes. It was a little longer than that, but not by much, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was really quick. It was very quick. Uh, so kind of, kind of segueing a little bit into our, into our, our, our topic here. Um, I think one of the things that was, uh, good for the players, um, at least for, for right now, uh, basically until we kind of finish these first couple introductory, uh, adventures, uh, we've all opted to play with a special rule called heroes never die. Yes. Uh, and it's, it's right there in the book. Uh, the, the Savage Worlds book actually, uh, suggests, uh, different modifications to the campaign to make the campaign feel and play in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Heroes Never Die is a special rule that basically, um, removes, uh, you can't critically fail, um, what, it, what equates to a death save in, uh, in Savage yeah. Worlds. So, so you, you once a, you're down. You're, once you're down, you make a vigor check, mm-hmm. which is one of your attributes, and, uh, if you botch that roll, you instantly die. Yeah. Um, normally, normally, normally. Uh, and then if you fail that, you go into bleeding out, mm-hmm. uh, where you're, you're, it, this is kind of like in D and D fifth edition where you'd be making death saving throws. Yeah, it's the death spiral. You need to yeah. make your, your check every turn to basically see if you continue bleeding out or if you stabilize or if you just, uh, finally pass away. Mm-hmm. Um, so that rule, the bleed out rule is no longer being used. Right. So with those two rules, um, no critic, no crit failing and no bleeding out, it's actually impossible for a wild card to die. Mm-hmm. Without choice. Without choice. Without a player saying, I feel like my character would die in this instance, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I'm, I'm prepared for that to happen in the story. Uh, the worst you'll get is like a lingering wound or a scar and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it got, it's really got me thinking about um, what sort of consequences you can have for your characters if death isn't on the table. Mm-hmm. And the answer is quite a lot. Yeah, the, the, in, the gambit is quite large. In fact, taking death off the table arguably almost changes nothing. Yeah, I mean, when we when we look at stuff where um, heroics or theatrics are involved, it's rare that death actually comes around unless it has um, a hard meaning to the story. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you you look at something even as um, even as iconic as uh, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. How many people? die in Lord of the Rings? How many NPCs on camera that are named, known, and have a history die? Yeah. In, in, I mean, or I mean sh- but Boromir, but he was kind of the big one. Because, he, like, There's a big deal because Boromir dies. Correct, you know? correct. Well, I mean, they had to kill him because the actor, but I mean... Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Sean Bean, I mean. Right. Actually, I think they got Sean Bean because they knew they had to kill one person, and you might as well kill Sean Bean if you're right, going to kill right. anyone. Because uh, the man can die. Oh, that man can die. Absolutely. Um, I've seen him. I've, I've actually seen him live through a movie before. Yeah, it's it's terrifying when he does. Silent um, Hill, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, um, you look at the other characters who've had near-death experiences, mm-hmm. um, walking the thin line of the veil and coming back with scars and as changed people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they quite, you know, arguably have a better result than just them dying outright in the story. Yeah, you know, um. I think about Frodo's first stab wound. I was just, I was just gonna say you know, Frodo's first stab wound. Yeah, and and you how look that at lingers with him through the entire thing, and how yeah, it, like, not, not just after he like reco- questionably recovers from it, 
that there was literally a quest to save him. But it, it in a- there. What is it? it? It aches every time the ring wraiths get near, like every single time thereafter, or something like that. Yeah, and then there's a few other times. I mean, they they kind of don't address it very well in the movies, but in the books, I think they address it a little bit better. Um, but effectively, it always stays with him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you have you know the quintessential uh, Gandalf fall. Yeah, you know where you have a player who's been around longer than this campaign came in from a previous campaign, you know, and decides that he's going to take the last stand with this Balrog and everybody goes, dude, you you can't just have the bridge collapse. And then can we like do a side scene and we all watch him fight him like through the fall? Uh, all right. All right. Let's do that. <laughs> you know, you know, d- d- does he finally get the better of him? And he does, you know, but he also dies from his wounds. Like, hmm, that doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. You know, well, let's bring him back. Like, you know, I, I might I might sideline you for a couple, a couple, you know, sessions to get these other guys caught up, you know. But that kind of thing you can tell is is there within stories. I mean, and that dates back much further because you have these impacting moments in any story when death is meaningful mm-hmm. versus when death is meaningless. Yeah. You know, yeah. it almost becomes at a certain point, there becomes so much death that becomes grotesque. And we have that in stories. We, you know, we have the grindhouse stories sure. where it just, it's not the same. Well, I mean, hell, a so- song of song of ice and fire kind of became, you know, famous for that. All yeah. men must die, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is, is that you, you paint a different story picture and different game as death becomes more of a reality. you I mean, we already have names for this um, as we go through in digital RPGs. You know, mm-hmm. roguelike tells you that there's going to be a lot of re- death and rebirth. Yeah. Like, that's the whole point of that design. You have your uh, you have your last save games or your last checkpoint games mm-hmm. where you don't really die. You just return to a checkpoint. And then we have the hardcore games where you change the mode in the game. And now you're playing in hard code, meaning you, you know, hardcore, you die once and it's over. It you del- have to start the game. It like over. deletes your save. Yeah. Yeah. Everything yeah. is gone. You, you, you literally have nothing. You in the case of, you know, Minecraft, you literally have to delete the world. Yeah. Because you can't access it again. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of thing that we look at in other genres. But for some strange reason, when we look at RPGs, the you know, tabletop RPGs, death is kind of this, well, what do we do? You know, death is, is death final? Is it not final? Is it arbitrary? Is it not arbitrary? And it changes, arguably, how we look at the game. And if it's not a consequence, if it's not part of the story, then what do we use instead? Right, right. And I think, like we talked about, we go back to some of those sources. Now, and and I, I think, um, like, how big of a how big of a consequence death is, um, you know, really depends on the game, too. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the big reasons why I moved from... I mean, there, there's a whole laundry list of reasons why oh, I moved God. from D&D to Suede. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Um, one of the, one of the larger things was, uh, I was having trouble executing my plot with resurrection in, in the world. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I could just say that like resurrection wasn't a spell anymore. I guess it was probably the easiest solution. Like you can't take that spell. Welcome to Dragonlance. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but, uh, it's, it's not even uh, like there, there is a resurrection power, but it's like super, 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 super like end game. Right. In, in suede and uh i've just outright and i have taken that mode uh, that 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 thing and i've said it's not a thing um but one of the things that actually spawned this whole topic for us 
um, was actually something, a, a thread that I saw on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a Reddit user uh, named Jake Eckes, uh, and the thread was entitled, What's Your D&D Hot Take? And a lot of people were like, you know, oh, well, this this, this subclass is actually trash, or the subject class is actually good, and stuff like that. Um, you know, there aren't enough skills in the game, right. et cetera, et cetera. Um, but this uh, Reddit user, Jake Eckes, had a really great hot take in here. And this, this is actually what, what caused me to put this show on our to-do, mm-hmm. to-talk about list. Um, and he says, and I quote, Hot take, death is not the highest stakes in an RPG. In fact... Most of the time, it's not even good stakes at all, especially in D&D specifically. Mm-hmm. Death, A, removes the PC from the game, thus ending their story, as opposed to other threats which can prolong their narrative while revealing character and providing an ongoing challenge. Put that down. Okay? Yep. B, typically only lands hardest once, usually the first death. Afterwards, players tend to invest slightly less in their characters, especially players who have had characters killed, meaning subsequent deaths often don't have the same punch. Mm-hmm. C. By mid-levels in the game, death, by the rule as written, becomes increasingly just a nuisance. By high levels, it simply isn't an issue anymore unless the DM fiats uh, a shortage of material components. Mm-hmm. And D. Death often prevents, uh, presents more of a burden to the DM, mm-hmm. who now has to not only drop any plot lines they were using specifically for one character, but make whole new ones to integrate a new character uh, at what may be an inconvenient and unreasonable point in the game. Yeah. So, honestly, I mean, even specifically with D&D, and like the, the whole death is an inconvenience thing, mm-hmm. really. Like, yeah. really. Yeah. It is so ridiculously difficult to die in D&D once you're like 5th level. Well, especially in 5th edition. I mean, you know, at the get-go you've got so many spells that snatch you back from the edge of death that you don't even get close to death. I mean, uh, bonus actions, uh, you know, uh, simple actions that can restore a a character back to their feet even. Mm -hmm. So it is incredibly easy to keep an entire party alive as long as someone is standing. Oh, yeah. If the cleric's standing, it's real easy. Mm-hmm. You know, but death becomes a mistake, a misstep. Yeah. Um, another, uh, the angry GM had a little bit to say about this as well and, and kind of encapsulated this into three different trajectories with uh, with his deaths, and that is, is that you have uh, you have three different classifications death. You have the, I, I stepped into something that mm-hmm. I was well beyond my point. You know, um, which is the, the most noble of deaths, I guess. The one that is most accepted is, you know, I screwed up. You know, yeah, the, the yeah. part where the, you know, where everyone at the table, the screen goes gray and goes, this is the point where he messed up. Yes, you know, yes, exactly. That, and, yes. and you recognize that as a player. That's that, that's definitely a stage. You then have the the DM told me so. And that's where the DM makes makes a role because something critical, uh, you know, a, a critical decision was made. Um and uh, it was just, you know, the dice did it in, mm-hmm. you know. And then you have the mistaken moment where it's not the dice and it's not a situation they stepped into. It's literally a 100% oddity that occurred. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, you, you decide that you're going to try this thing that should be 100% benign. And instead it gets your entire party wiped. You're going to cross a river. 
mm-hmm. right? And three people make a mistake, and then somebody mistakes an, an athletics roll, and suddenly you guys are all whisked away and drowned. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. that happens. All three of those, the key to all three of those in, in the way that he says it is, is that death is still the DM's fault, regardless. Yeah. You are the deciding factor on whether or not that character dies. You are in full control of the story. So... Always remember, it is your choice as a storyteller to cause death and to cause the end of a story. Mm-hmm. So again, is that a stake then, if you can decide on a whim that it's not, or that it is? Yeah. It's no longer a mechanic at that point. So it it becomes a point of, it is a consequence is death a consequence only to the players or to the storyteller? Mm-hmm. Obviously, if now you've got to get another character integrated, 100% it's it's a consequence of the storyteller. Yeah, sure. And sure. so you're going to subconsciously not want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the more you DM, the more you're going to want to do that. Now, some storytellers love to murder. That's just what they do. And they get excited about the fact that their players are avoiding the murder. That happens. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, look, look every table's di- every table's different. Yeah, uh, like your your table. I mean, I got very used to you running Seventh C. Uh, you have a rule that actually I I, yeah. I took from you, mm-hmm. um, uh, running Seventh C, and actually incorporated that into into Dungeons and Dragons is that uh, only villains kill. Correct. Henchmen do not kill. Correct. Henchmen may knock you out, may steal your stuff. Yeah. May take you captive. Yeah. But you will never be killed by a henchman. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm, I will admit that I do play with the, if you do something incredibly stupid just to try it, you're probably going to die. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's always a, you have forfeit your, your protection, you know, Right, clause. right. Um, but in the end, I, I don't like the idea that some random skeleton or goblin or, or you know, thug on the street guts you with a a poison blade because we're now at CR, you know, eight mm-hmm. or ten for creatures, and you slowly die from the poison. Like, no, I'm I'm not gonna have you go out that way. I'm going to have something happen to you, but it's it's not gonna murder you in the street that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so it's it's always it's always a conscious choice on the on the on the storyteller's part. I think is kind of what we're getting at here. Um, and. I mean, I, I kind of do want to also offer the counterpoint to this. I mean, we are going to kind of talk both sides of the uh, mm-hmm. of the equation here. I mean, no, uh, no, I agree. I, I agree. don't think this is a you know, I don't think this is a talk about how you should never kill a player or anything like that. Character. Uh, let's stay with the characters. Never kill. You a player. You should also never kill a player. I mean, I agree. You should never kill a player, <laughs> but let's start with the characters. Now, there are some. Right, let's continue you just, with. You, the, you think? This is being recorded. Remember Anyways, that. um, <laughs> um, so like, yeah, I mean, death. Look, death is a consequence. It's not a choice between death or consequences. Mm-hmm. Death can be a consequence in and of itself. 100%. And as much as we've said that, like, you know, there are there are multiple points for not killing a character, there's actually, you know, if you've got a good enough table and a good enough story going, there's plenty of reasons to kill a character. Mm-hmm. You know, because the, because the lasting consequences of a character's death can echo on for everyone else. Yes. That character's story stops. Yes. But that doesn't mean the story stops. No, and oftentimes it in, invigorates the other characters. You know, it, and, yeah, well, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, I, I think, first off, I think that death should be meaningful. Always. You, you kind of talked about a little bit about that uh, just a second ago. Like, nobody likes dying to a pit trap. Right. 
that's what one of the reasons I never use traps in my games mm-hmm. because what you're gonna like oh you fell down a pit and died yeah that's how my story ends mm-hmm. I fell down a pit and died yeah I failed a dexterity saving throw because my die screwed me and now you know, one of your favorite shows Stargate mm-hmm. we're gonna die here in the snow trapped in this bubble. I'm stuck in here with MacGyver and tons of equipment, and we're going to die here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I loved that scene. <laughs> uh, so, you know, if, if, but, but, but if, if, you, if your character does, or, you know, one of your characters does die, okay, so the world is left with one less heroes. Right. With, with one less hero. Their story is going unresolved. Right. And that in and of itself is a plot point. Like, keep those threads around. Yeah, I think, you know, definitely keep those threads going. So if they had like, you know, if your character, uh, you know, the character who died had like an arch villain, you know, uh, that was, you know, his his rival, you know, some noble that was had it out for his family and was trying to kill everybody or whatever, you know. Right. Keep that noble around Mm -hmm. because I guarantee someone in the group is going to pick up that thread and run with it. Yeah. And like, we're going to hunt down this noble and kill him. Yeah. What? Why? He didn't have any beef with any of us. He just wanted to kill, you know, that that the, the the character who just passed away. I know, but he had beef with him, and I liked that guy. So yep. it's what he would have wanted. Yep. We're going to honor his memory by putting this 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 evil guy in the ground. Right, right. Um, and I think I think something something like that would be really great. You know, you you keep that that character's me- uh, uh, memory alive that way. Um. Also, you know, much of the impact of death hinges upon the group's attachment to the character. Like, loss only hurts if you Hmm. feel like you've actually lost something. Right. So, like, the character that everyone hates is not going to really be... (laughs) They're going to be like, oh, no! Anyway, (laughs) you know, so, um, it's... it's, Character death is 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 basically only as impactful as the character that you lose. I think right. is the idea I'm trying to get across here. No, no, and I think that's where like the other pieces come in. So like if you have someone who dies, that a character that dies, and the players are not accepting, or characters are not accepting of it, there's nothing to say they can't try and quest to get that person back. I mean, yeah, quest to get all the components they need for resurrection, but maybe they're going to try a little harder than that. Maybe they're going to go to a, a realm of death. You know, mm-hmm. and pull them back from limbo or wherever. I mean, that is a tale much older and much more common. You know, and yeah, there's chances that somebody else is going to die along the way, and now you've got two people to bargain with when you get to the end of the whole pile. Mm-hmm. But that's an adventure within itself. That's a, a full quest on its own, mm-hmm. of just to try and pull that person back. Um, which brings us to bargaining with death. Not even so much like the other characters trying to bargain with death to get that person returned to them, you know, but maybe the character themselves bargaining with death. Yeah, uh, I, I, Dungeon World actually has that as a yep. uh, uh, as a as a as a as a character move. When the character takes their last last breath, you 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 meet an incarnation of death. Yeah, and bargain with them for your life. Yeah, and like I I've seen a couple of really neat. Uh, moments that people had used. Uh, one was uh, 
a case where the person said, uh, as you feel the the orc's blade come through you, the piercing death, you know, the piercing feeling of it cutting through your skin, uh, and and the burn as your life pulls away and your eyes close, they flash open for a second, and you're in a cold, dark cell. In front of you is a doorway and mm-hmm. a, and a figure standing in it, and you can see a small light beyond them. And behind you uh, is a is a darkened hallway that that is just it seems to be endless. And the figure looks at you and says, "You can either come with me, or return back. You will return different, but I will be here waiting every hmm. time." And you're like, "Who the hell is this guy?" Like, and what do you mean different? Right. And so, do they There's return? A lot of wiggle room in that. Do word. they return? As a new person, mm-hmm. do they embody somebody else? Did you know how does it happen? How does the story? And that's really up to you how you interpret that through. The other one, which I loved, was uh, you wake up uh, and you're strapped down to a uh, a a, uh, a uh, doctor's table with a bright light shining in your face as he peels, you know, pushes open your eye and says, "Is it just you, or did we bring someone else back with you?" Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Yeah, yeah. Those kind of moments where where you've got some other pieces to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked some other methods of return. You know, where yeah. bargains or things like that got involved. Um, but I mean, it also allows players to come back and be something else. Sometimes they're done with a character and they want to try something new but they still have an investment in the story yeah, sure absolutely and you know I, th- I think sometimes uh you know you you have those opportunities to kind of have that heroic death you know you have that moment where you can square off against the balrog and say fly you fools and i mean yeah you know death is going to be the consequence for this but right everybody else is going to run out of there screaming gandalf and you know you're, that's that's how your character ends. Like, imagine, you know, that's a great end to your character. Saving the entire group, squaring off of the Balrog. Yep. Heck yeah. Yeah, that's that's a character choice at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, sometimes sometimes you do that, though. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a character choice to, to, to kind of do it, but it's, it's not even like a, hey, kill my character, dude. But, right. you know, there is a moment where you're like, I can hold this thing. Yeah, you know, it's you guys gonna, go. If if it, if it gets one turn to chew on me, it won't chew on any of the rest of you. Right. Uh, and I I think that's that's great. Um. You know, there there's I've seen a uh, a handful of games too that have a mechanic actually built in like that. Mm-hmm. Um. Or I've seen a handful of house rules too. Yeah. Uh. For for games that don't have it built in, where you do have a kind of like a last stand mechanic. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, if you decide your character dies, you basically get free editing of the scene. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to say how that scene goes and just basically story, you know, take kick the storyteller out of their seat and just do it yourself. Mm-hmm. But your character dies at the end of the scene. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you're you're going to lose. That you're going to lose. You're going this to fight. lose, but you get to tell me exactly how, how that happens. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, I like those types of things. I think Seventh uh, C's drama mechanics really help for that. Yeah. Where yeah. basically you can spend a drama die to make your soak rolls uh, and just keep right on going. So as long as you've got drama, like characters, uh, um, you know, you've got your moments of uh, like Inigo Montoya getting stabbed in Princess Bride. 
you know, where he goes to stab him in the chest and he just happens to parry. He doesn't parry it away. Mm -hmm. He parries it into his shoulder. Mm -hmm. He parries it into his other shoulder. You know, it becomes a nick. It becomes a cut. It becomes non-threatening. Every one of them is non-threatening. Is he full of wounds? Without a doubt. He's covered in blood by the end of it, but all of it's superficial. Right, right. And then he he takes that moment to to survive those checks mm-hmm. and retaliates. Yeah. You know, um, Rob Roy is another one where he literally, in the final fight, grabs the guy's blade. Mm-hmm. As he's about to kill him with it. And you can see that it's destroying his hand. Mm -hmm. And he literally stands up and almost cuts the guy in half. Mm -hmm. You know, out of of pure hate. Um, It's it's those kinds of moments where you can see that uh, they're taking control. The character takes control of the scene. Yes. Yes. And that's that's, I think the biggest thing is that the player has agency over that. Mm Mm-hmm. Over that aspect of their character's uh, their character's story, the very end of it, you know. Yeah. Uh, so we talked a lot about death, but we started this conversation talking about how consequences are better than death, or arguably better than death. I would say arguably better than death, but can fit much better into story continuing stories. Yeah, that that death does not have to be the 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 be all end all of consequences, because actual honest to goodness consequences exist so what do we have here meaningful consequences come from taking something invested from the characters mm-hmm. and that's a pretty broad topic um do they have an npc that they're closer friendly with mm-hmm. maybe the consequences can fall on that other npc mm-hmm. uh does a player have an item that they lean on uh uh, you said you said here in the notes like a whoopee. Yeah, let's see how many people get that reference. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, if you're if you're not into that, uh, peanuts. You know, you you've got he's got his blanket. Yeah, um, yeah. Linus. And Linus has his blanket in that and will not let it go. And mm-hmm. uh, and the the teary trauma that occurs when it is removed. Yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely. Um, Calvin and Hobbes. Mm-hmm. You know, Hobbes is a is, is that kind of a character. Uh, and item. Yeah. Uh, like your your character in my game, uh, if I if I took away your gauntlets. Oh, yeah. It would fundamentally change your character. Without a doubt. You Without know? a doubt. Um, or, you know, is there a place a party goes for comfort, for mm-hmm. guidance, for stability? Maybe something can happen to their home base. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, uh, uh, one of the, uh, one of the greatest things that I saw a DM do was, um, the, the, the uh, the bad guy was monologuing, and mm-hmm. the characters like they they were sneaking around the sp- around the uh, arena effectively, or the space where the 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 bad guy was waiting for them, and he mm-hmm. was just like you know, and they're preparing their ambush, but he's monologuing, right? And before he gets to the end, they're like, before he gets to the end, we want to jump him, like we when we can tell that he's like right at the heart of what he's going to say, you know, to us, we want to take him. Then we mm-hmm. want this to be a true ambush, and he's like, okay. And so he's like, I'm going to get to a certain point, and uh, at that point, I'm just going to pause so you guys don't get to hear the end of it. And so he monologues, he monologues, he monologues, and they're just like, yeah, this is the good point right here. I'm like, okay. And so he just paused right there and decided after, because they, they, they took the, took him out amazingly well. It was an incredible kind of finish. Um, two of the players were near death. He had them basically dead to rights. I think it was a, a, um, a dragon kind of kin kind of character. Sure, sure. And... uh. 
they're like, but we got him, you know, and these two characters, he's like, are going to die. And he, he lets them go. And they're like, you know, you, you guys are horribly injured. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, okay, but you, you, you'll, you'll recover. It's going to take days. They're like, okay. Like, but he says something in his last breath, you know, he's like, you missed the best part. And they were like, what do you mean? And he's just like, I'd already done it 10 minutes ago. And they're like, done what? Where do you think my army is? And they were just like, it was really easy to get in here. Oh, crap. Mm-hmm. And literally they look out from the top of his tower and they can see the, you know, two days ride back, fires burning. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. Yeah. You no longer have home. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. You got me monologuing. But. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. My plan's already in action. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So. But. Uh, yeah. I, I. I like those moments where the consequence is already something that the players are heavily invested in. Where they're. Where they're tied to it. And they want to either do something about it. Mm-hmm. Or change it. Um, and it physically changes the the player sitting at the table and looking at the moment that they're upset. Yeah, yeah, they, absolutely. They, they and their character are upset. The viewer is upset. You know, someone who's watching is like, no, 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 this can't happen. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. Yeah, out absolutely. Of those moments, those kind of consequences. I mean, you've you've got the the obvious low hanging fruit for consequences, like lingering injuries. Yes. Um. You know. Uh. uh there, there's actually uh, there's usually charts and stuff like that too. There can in, 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 in a lot in of a games, lot of, a lot of games yeah. where you know, like, uh, you know, okay, they're going to be minus two to strength or minus one to speed or something like that because they they took a leg wound or an arm wound or something like that. Um, I know Savage Worlds has one of those. Um, loss of gear, loss of gear is probably a pretty big one. Um, we mentioned like taking your character's gauntlets away and stuff like that. Uh, but there being um, uh. You know, having your gear stolen from you, and I, I would say probably worse yet, used against you. That's that's the one that always gets me. Yes, is that my magic sword? No, this is my, my magic, magic sword. sword. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, the loss of uh of of a of the whole mission as a whole, or mm-hmm. or NPC allies. The other one that gets me um is uh, where it affects their soul, like it affects something deeper. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, like you take you get one d six less healing when it's applied to you. Oh, interesting. You know, yeah. um, so that you're not as attached uh-huh. to the world anymore. Um, spells that target you have a, you know, have a 10% chance of failure mm-hmm. because you're not whole, you know, things like that. Sometimes magic mistakes you for an inanimate object. Correct. Yep. You know, cause you're, you're not quite there. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not quite part of the world anymore. The thing, the thing about like mechanical, um, penalties like that that you've got to be careful about though is that a lot of times your players especially if you if you if you levy a mechanical penalty on them like Mm -hmm. you know well okay so your arm is all screwed up because that's it got smashed by the ogre's club or something like that so you're minus two to strength they can feel like that has like fundamentally hit their character Mm -hmm. in you know from like a quote-unquote usefulness standpoint right you know and like especially in D &D, there tends to be a mentality of like suboptimal equals dead. 
Right. You know? Yeah. I might as well just throw my whole character away. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, oh, I, 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 no, I'm only a 16 strength. I'm not an 18 anymore. I might as well just not be playing a fighter. Yeah. Well, yeah, flip okay. the table. I, mean, I think maybe that's a little dramatic. Yeah. But... The other one that got me was uh, uh, when social things change. Mm-hmm. Like, your face is burned. All social roles, you're now at a penalty to. Mm-hmm. You know, or worse yet, everyone notices. Like, you have a pale humor about you is mm-hmm. one of the things that got, uh, that um, was good about um, White Wolf. Um was that you could look more human. Yeah. In this case, you look less. So, like, you're like the Witcher. You go into places, and people are uneasy around you, and some people outright think that you're undead. Yeah. You you don't deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't belong And anymore. whether they consciously put it together or not. Right. Whether the, whether the thought, oh, my God, this guy is dead, actually crosses their brain, there's something deep and primal in them that looks at you and goes... That dude ain't right. Yeah, dear God, what is that I thing? I don't want to be around him. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. And it's those types of things that that last in players, that now you've got this this problem, you know, and a smaller group that is the only group that understands, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the other thing, too, is um, ability to do something to fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, a consequence is one thing, but like, I, I think one of the important things to move a story forward is, uh, you know, almost like a, a quest to fix the thing, mm-hmm. the consequence, you know, sure. Um, Knox in the box actually is kind of what made me make this comment is Knox in the box in here is uh, in, in the live chat. And he's saying, um, I'd rather have a one time big punishment than one I get constantly reminded of. Mm. And I'm just thinking like. Right, but if you're constantly reminded of it, that's your incentive to do something about it, to right that wrong. Right. And, you know, in a certain way, like, okay, you can't really do much about a broken arm or a scarred face or something like that. That's not really a thing. But, like, you know, if an NPC's home got destroyed or something like that, or, like, one of them got kidnapped or something like that, you now have another quest. Mm -hmm. And that's to go fix the thing that just went boots up. Yeah. You know? Um, and honestly, I think those ones you should be constantly reminded of. Yeah. Because it's there. It's present in the world, you know? Mm -hmm. It's a thing now. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, one of the things that uh, got me was, uh, that when I was reading about this was someone who was saying, I I believe it's, uh, Jamie Lannister loses his hand and it becomes an iron hand, uh, an iron fist. And he hates it Mm -hmm. because it's made him less of a fighter, Mm -hmm. you know? And then one day he figures out that he can parry with it and grab with it when he needs to. Yeah. And he goes, this doesn't make me less. This makes me equal, if not better in some cases. Right, right. Um, But it takes him time to learn that uh, as a character. And somebody said, I did that to somebody. I basically took their hand in combat instead of killing them. Mm -hmm. You know, that was the coup de grace, if you will. And uh, the person immediately said, uh, you know, well, I'm going to have an iron hand made and I can use it to parry. And I'm going to be like, you don't have that ability. Mm -hmm. You don't have, you know, iron hand fighting. That's something you're going to have to learn. Yeah. And they were like, crap. I suppose that's true. 
Right. But it's so. a but it's a goal for the character then. Yeah. You know, it moves the character's story forward from a crippling consequence. Yeah. Figuratively and literally. Also, best line ever that followed up in that game he said hmm. was when another fighter said, Give me a hand and he literally took off his iron hand and threw it to the other person so they could use it for something. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So uh yeah. Valuable in the end, but again, it was a learned experience and it carried the game forward. Yeah, I yeah, love those absolutely. types of things. You put on some more interesting stuff in here. And one of them, I, I don't necessarily like it, but it was kind of what I was leaning into with okay. the pale humor. Sure, go ahead. Humiliation. Humiliation, yeah. I, I've always had a hard time bringing humil- humil- ugh, humiliation into gaming. Mm-hmm. Just because I don't like it as a person. So therefore, I don't bring it into game. Yeah, yeah. Um, But because it is painful. It's oh, it exceptionally is exceptionally painful. It absolutely painful. is, yeah. Um, and but at the same time, it does work very well because I think PCs are are more apt to want to avenge a wounded ego. Honestly, like if a villain you know cuts off your hand instead of taking your life, you can mm-hmm. be like, okay, that that's actually kind of fair like mm-hmm. I, I get that you spared my life you took a part of my body from me yeah and now it's dread- dreadfully inconvenient now i've got to deal with the stat penalty and it's awkward you know i don't get to use the shield anymore because i can't hold it right etc etc but like leaving them completely whole and capable and just wounding their ego just makes them mad mm-hmm. and i love that as a consequence because man that just that just sinks such a huge plot hook into them that you can just pull them in so many directions. Mm-hmm. Because the moment you say, hey, you know that guy that basically pantsed you in the middle of public? Yeah, he's here. You just watch them to just, just, just crunch up their hand, grab their dice, and they're like, oh, I'm going to kill this guy so hard. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's what I wanted you to do. Okay, yep. cool, yep. thanks. Yep. Um, I think it's a great consequence. Yeah, and you can definitely do things like that. Like one of the ones that got me was... Um, a whole party wiped, basically, mm-hmm. and uh, well, in a defense, and they came to, right where they wiped, mm-hmm. laying there, uh, somebody tending to their wounds, like some some homeless people, effectively, who had taken into the space, had found them alive, and dragged them to the side, and mm-hmm. were tending to them while scavenging the place, because everyone was dead, and they were like, "You survived." And they were, you know, you you made it good. That's great, you know, and everything like that. And they're like, everyone's dead. Like what? They're like everyone's dead. Mm-hmm. So it didn't work. No, no. Like they got away. You know, everything's been pillaged. Most of the buildings have been sacked. You're the only ones left. You know, it was those stupid heroes that failed us. You know, they, oh. they and they were like. They don't know. It's not us. And then, like, s- slowly making their way way out until like. They're like, we're using sneak and stealth effectively mm-hmm. to not be noticed by anyone. And then one old woman who just happened hey, to survive them. You know, was kind of like just pointed at them and were just like, you. Mm-hmm. And everybody was just like, oh. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, that's that's hard. That's really hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? You know? Uh, one of the other one of the other ones that that I I, I happen to think of too is uh, pity and indifference. Mm. It's almost worse than humiliation because you're you're being ignored. Yeah, you know the uh, I'm I'm thinking you know the the uh, 
you know, fighting a, a, a some sort of a duel with the big bad evil guy, mm-hmm. and uh, the villain the villain trounces you, just defeats you handily, and standing over you with a sword pointed at your neck, and you're thinking, okay, this is it, and then he just kind of turns his head to the side, squints a little bit, smiles, and then just walks off. You're not even worth and it, and you're like, wait a minute, come back here, like what? You're just gonna walk away after you defeat me? And it reminds me a lot of um, that the the awful, awful, awful Street Fighter movie with Raul Julia. Oh my God, yes! But it has it is so bad, but it has one of the greatest lines in movie history, mm-hmm. and it's Chun Li is regaling him with this uh, that the story of basically how her how he killed her father all these years ago, when uh, you know he just before he had crowned himself general, yeah, and you know his his death squads were sweeping across the country and. Mm-hmm. That her little village stood up and defended itself, and you had him executed. And he just, he just, as as she's saying all this, he's just casually like changing into his robe, makes himself a drink, mm-hmm. slices up a little orange and puts it on the edge of the glass, makes her one too. Mm-hmm. Walks over to her and hands it to her and goes, "I'm sorry, I don't remember." Yeah, and she goes, "What do you mean you don't remember?" He goes, "For you." The day that Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. And. Yeah. That right there. I mean. I'm just stings. Yeah. It's so humiliating to think that you have placed all this energy into hunting down the big bad evil guy. And they don't even know your name. Yeah. They don't care about you. They don't want to kill you. They don't hate you. They don't even know you. They nothing you. Yeah. You're a fly to them. Yeah. And once you were st- once you stop uh, stop buzzing around their head, you cease to exist to them. Mm-hmm. And for me, sometimes that is a worse consequence because the PCs, if you can do it right, if you can play the play the the the, the ignoring the indifference play right, mm-hmm. they will try so much harder. Mm-hmm. To get that and that to get that villain's attention. Yep, it's such a wound to their ego. Yep. Yeah. Now you put on here also uh, the Sophie's choice, mm-hmm. a choice between two equally desirable or more often undesirable outcomes. Yes. And that's always interesting when you've got the choice of like, do you want your character? Like, it's 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 the silent thing you ask the player on the side is death. Or not cake. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. You know. Or or even whose death? Yeah. You know? Okay. Uh, well, you can face me here and I will be occupied in this battle that I will inevitably win. Or you can let me go and you live to see another day. But the first thing I'm doing is I'm going over there to kill your favorite NPC. Mm-hmm. And you know that. Yeah. So do you choose self-preservation or you do the heroic thing and die in their place? Yep. You know? Yep. It's your choice. You. Yep. It's up to it's your you. your choice. You know? Yep. Yep. No, I, I, I think that there's a lot that you can do in death. And to kind of go back, Knox asked a really good question. Uh, or not Knox. Uh, Hulavu asked Hulavu, a really good yeah. question. When, when or how do you incorporate NPC consequence or an NPC consequence instead of an of the NPC death? That one's difficult. Um, NPCs are a lot easier to kill off mm-hmm. because they're extras. Right. 
um, and they can die freely to serve the uh, narrative, the, the, serve the narrative, advancing the PCs' story and stuff like that. Right. So I don't think you have to be so careful with your NPCs, um, but uh, definitely, like you know, consequences over death is a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a favorite shopkeeper trash their shop, steal half their inventory. Yeah, it's a great. I think it's whatever is, you know, whatever serves the narrative best and whatever is going to um, best motivate the PCs. Yeah. Because ultimately, this isn't the NPC's story. Right. It's one of, um, a really great uh, thing that gets used in film, uh, especially movies where you've got uh, a heavy protagonist who does who's like the vigilante style. You know, he's taking care of people secretly. Equalizer is a good version of that. Um, where they go and do something... And the retaliation is upon the people they know. Mm-hmm. You know, like, well, why didn't this guy show up for work today? I uh, he, he decided that he wasn't going to do it anymore. I got him this job. Why, why wouldn't he want to do this? And he'd go back to that place, and you find out he's working at his mom's shop that recently got firebombed. Mm-hmm. And they're putting it all back together, and he's just going to stay here and help mom work the shop. Oh. Oh, really? Yep. 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 Somebody came in and uh, maybe something happened, but I can't talk about it. Yeah, NPC consequences are great for um, for stepping, uh, showing the players that the um, the stakes have been moved up without ever hitting the players to do it. Correct. Yeah, or people getting quiet. Yeah, like the the key informant of an NPC NPC is like you know. Yeah, for a, I was I was willing to tell you all their secrets before, but uh, heat's kind of hot right now. So yeah, I'm pack- um, and you watch them packing up their bags and putting belongings in a sack, and they're all like, "What are you doing?" Uh, you know, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna be going for a couple of days. I've got a merchant run that I got to go do. <laughs> Where are you going? Solo, Cucamonga. Yeah, <laughs> I hear Malibu's nice this time of year. Yep, exactly, and that's seeing that fear, seeing that concern, and taking people away from them, even if it's not a direct threat. Mm-hmm is a huge thing. The other is where people just start disappearing. Mm-hmm. And that spooks the hell out of PCs all the time. Those kinds of consequences. Now those can fit into stories pretty tightly, you know, where the consequences is that something gets taken from them unexpectedly, mm-hmm. you know, and, and now things are moving on from there. Um, the other that we kind of haven't talked about consequence wise is when the big bad evil guy considers them to be an equal and won't take their life oh yeah yeah where where they've where they want them to be better like you you can't just die you know it's the batman joker kind of thing it's It's almost the difference it's the opposite the polar opposite of the pity and indifference uh play yeah of the i'm not going to take your life i would sooner destroy a stained glass window as an artist as yourself correct correct and that's that's the moment when you really have the PCs like they're still the villain. They still want to fight them at every turn and thwart anything they're going to try and you know any of the PCs are going to try and do. Mm-hmm. But they 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 revere them. They mm-hmm. they honor them. And in that that that's something even more terrifying in some cases. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't want to see you die. I want to see you more. I want to see your rage. I want to see your passion. I want to see everything. I'm going to flip every switch. Yeah. Because now I'm enamored. Mm-hmm. You know, well, how far is that going to go? I don't know. We're going to find out together, though, won't we? <laughs> and just leave them there, you We're know? We're a lot alike, you and I. Exactly. We are nothing alike. Oh, I love having those discussions. 
Yep. 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 So good stuff. Good stuff. Good All questions right. too. While we're rolling let's through, thank get, you. Yeah, let's get into the let's get into the questions then too. Uh, well, I mean, we've kind of already gotten into the questions because we, we we talked about Hulu Woos. Yep. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, so uh, Knox in the box asks: uh, Some players might view a maimed character as worse punishment than a dead one. How do you convince characters to embrace the new flaws of their character and not throw the towel in on them? Do you meddle? Do you just let them decide what fate ultimately befalls them? Do you let them make a new character instead? So, in my opinion, I always would look at the situation with the player. The player is making a determining factor, and you can literally tell them, like, you don't have to decide if you're dead or not right now. You can decide that in a little bit. Sure. But take your time to think about it, because if you decide that you're not, you're going to take an injury, and it's going to be a critical one, Mm -hmm. and it's going to affect you, and I'm going to make a decision on that. Mm -hmm. After that, it's up to them to play it, regardless of whatever happens. If the player doesn't want to roleplay it or decides within, like, three or four, you know, sessions, you know, is just like, you know what, I I can't. My my character just can't. Mm -hmm. I can't keep this going. Fine. You're not enjoying yourself. Change it up. Yeah. You know, that's that's where I'm at is, is that let them have their level of enjoyment. It's, let them it, have the story. It's not unheard of for a story to end when a character's you know physicality is broken and they just they can't cope with it. Um, They may at, at some later point, you know, recover from that. Mm-hmm. But um, especially someone who like a, like a like a warrior who depends on their body. Yeah. You know, if their body is then broken. Well, their personality is fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they are an instrument of war. They are designed mm-hmm. for this. And if they're, you know, I and mean, this happens actually a lot with you know like actual soldiers. You know, uh, yeah, you know, lo- lose your leg to an IED or something like that, and like you'll see a lot of that. Obviously, the post traumatic stress disorder and stuff like that. One hundred percent. But there's that that moment where they're like, my whole thing was putting my body out there for war, and now I can't do any of that. I'm mm-hmm. sitting at home. Yeah. And what does that make me? It yeah. makes me nothing is what they're thinking. You yeah. know, obviously, it doesn't make them nothing. I don't want to say that that's no. It's it's know. it's a feeling on that. And again, if your if your character's not comfortable with that, or your player's not comfortable with that, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. that's a discussion to have. Absolutely, it's about again. We always talk. It's about communication. Um, I I for one would encourage them to RP through it. Yeah, uh, because I think the I, other players will too. I think I think that journey, especially of coping with their new physicality, you know, like you mentioned, Jamie Lannister mm-hmm. learning to fight with his metal hand and stuff like that, and and and, and overcoming the idea that he's less of a warrior yeah. to equal or better now because he, but he just had to change his perspective. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really great story arc for 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 a player. Um, and I would say, you know, do do your best as a storyteller to narrate it in a way that's going to make it seem cool. Mm-hmm. and and meaningful you know um just being like well you take a minus two strength penalty sorry buddy yeah that's kind of crappy mm-hmm. but like for instance um your wife's character in my game mm-hmm. is playing a khajiit mm-hmm. and took the fear effect from a ghost at one point yeah and it has a side effect of aging you like 1d4 times 10 years yeah and uh took a real bad role on that one. It was like yeah. 20 or 30 years or something yeah. like that. Uh, and so for the next couple game sessions, um, I was writing into the narration that like, you know, it, it gets a little chilly at night and her bones ached in a way that she, you know, she wasn't used to. Yeah. And she heard a creak in her joints and, you know, little um, looking in the mirror and seeing the little flecks of, of gray fur mm-hmm. along the side of her snout, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
and and put it in into the narrative to make her feel like part of her character mm-hmm. rather than just being well you're old now so you're minus one to speed yuck yeah, yuck exactly you know that yep. seems like a punishment mm-hmm. but being like yeah you're old now and here's the story that it's telling yep kind of pulls it back to the narrative kind of pulls it back to yep. feeling good about that um the other thing too is that depending on the on the system you're playing um you know hindrances are a source of um, of roleplay and sometimes yes. a, a source of benefits. Yeah. Savage Worlds has a whole system of hindrances. The, yep. One of the very first things you do when making your character is pick your hindrances. Yep. You pick the flaws for your character before you pick your stats. Yep. And what those flaws do for you, what those hindrances do for you, is they're a source of roleplay. Mm-hmm. And when you roleplay your hindrance... When you are boastful or arrogant or mean or whatever, I I give you a Benny. Yep. And you get to spend that Benny later for re-rolls or whatever. Nope. I think that totally fits in. Um, fate has uh, fate tokens. Seventh uh, C has a drama die. Yep. Things like that. Inspiration you know, even. So yeah, it can it can be a great source for things like that too. Yep. All right. Overwatch has. A question. Uh, movies, books, and other media are a font of famous and notorious death scenes, adding much punch up to drama or at the end of a long character arc. But is there anything that stands out uh, out to you by the way of consequence scene? A standout one from a book or show that stuck with you? Uh, what would the same consequence, uh, consequence work at an RP table and why not? Um, the Jamie Lannister was a perfect one for me. Was that there was a consequence instead of death. Uh, Gandalf, Gandalf's fall. Uh, and transformation was another one for me in that one. Um, Frodo getting stabbed was another one for me in that one, where each one of those lended itself to a consequence that changed the character and changed their story, shifted them at a at a, at a core level, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and turned them into something different. Hmm. So, uh, I, w- I was thinking about this this question earlier, and um, I was having trouble coming up with one. Because uh, for me, like, media is full of consequence scenes and very rarely death scenes. Like, because your main characters don't get killed off. Right. You know, obviously, look, because the story ends if they die. So. Right. Uh, it's it's really just filled with consequence scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, the main one that sticks out for me, though, is from the uh, the Dresden Files uh, books. Okay. Um, he uh, f- quite famously has a magical, like, f- you know, force shield that he puts up, mm-hmm. and it makes him, if you don't catch him completely unaware, uh, he can deflect all sorts of bullets and stuff like that. And there was a uh, a vampire that was in town mm-hmm. and geared up all of her goons with uh, heavy weapons and flamethrowers because his shield could deflect kinetic energy. And flamethrowers ain't kinetic. Nope. And at one point, he saw this thing... Uh, aiming this this flamethrower basically down the hall at his friends, and he had a choice to make. It was it was he he knew in that moment his shield was not going to deflect that uh, Ooh, yeah. uh, that flamethrower. So, uh, but it was going to hit all of them if he didn't. So he threw up his shield anyways, and basically tried to tweak the magic in it to keep it from going. Yeah, and for like literally, I mean, I, I think maybe even up until the very latest books, mm-hmm. um, his hand has been basically charred. And he's been trying to slowly, like, regenerate it and, yeah. you know, using magic and whatnot to, to, to get feeling back and movement in it back and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's only because he's a wizard and he exists on a slightly higher supernatural level than, than a regular human yeah. that he's even getting his hand back. Otherwise, it would have had to have been amputated. Yeah. That, that, uh, um, 
uh, there's been several times when in stories where uh, characters uh, are critically injured. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as much as we don't necessarily like it um, at, at times, uh, Dumbledore drinking uh, a, a basically a poison and nearly dying and also being crippled by uh, the one ring that he was wearing mm-hmm. where it was literally killing him um, slowly. But, mm-hmm. you know, he was losing his hand. He was losing strength. He was losing ability um, the whole time. And so each one of those were creating crippling consequences for those actions. Uh, and I, I, I definitely think that those are, are are ways that it is stuck out that consequences way more. And you f- the st- because it carries into the story and through the story, everyone feels it. Yeah. All, all players involved feel it versus just the one. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. All right. Uh, so, the Mad Elf asks: um, Savage Worlds has a heroes never die rule option. That's what we mentioned at the beginning of the show here. Right. Um, Mouse Guard has a similar, though less clearly articulated, boundary in managing conflicts. If the death of a character is not a consequence that can be put in uh, in place, that brings in a sim. If the death of a character is not a consequence, sorry, what can be put in place? that brings a similar weight to the story. I mean, if if death isn't even on the table, right? What do you do? You I mean, can't you can't hang death over their over their their, you know. I mean, I think my go-to cuz typically when death is not not on the table, it's because you've got almost like a pulpy heroic style story. Mm-hmm. Um and I think for me Typically, your pulpy heroic style stories are about people who are putting themselves in the line of fire, so others don't right. have to be. Right. And so, I think the consequence is if you can't if you can't kill the players, you can absolutely kill the people they are out there defending. Exactly, and i I think that's the key takeaway to this is that when you're when you're stepping into a game and you're starting to learn what your players are doing and mm-hmm. who your who the players are. You quickly, you don't quickly, but over time you learn what the characters value. Yeah. yeah. Is it their ego? Is it their items? Is it their mind? Is it other NPCs? You know, what what investment does each one of your characters have? Make a quick note of it. Mm-hmm. Because later, you may want that note back. You may look at it and say, okay, I know that this character, you know, it's all about the face that they put forward. Like... They're, they they see themselves as some kind of a a, a a dashing hero, and they always want to have a good face forward and people to know them well and think of them well, mm-hmm. and to have a, a you know and and that they're going to go that way. You know, I know that this player values their strength and their abilities. I know that this player values their wit and their lore and their knowledge. I know that this player literally values everyone else around them. They don't value themselves. But they'll take care of everyone else, including NPCs, dogs, trees, you know, whatever it may be. So now you've got this list of values. When something happens and you need a consequence, say say your witty character, your character who, you know, is a lore master and has you know, constantly is the one, you know, pulling arcane knowledge and things like that, they die, right? And you need you're like, okay, well, I death isn't on the table, right? So you're like, okay, so it takes, you know, you all finish this and are able to bring them to 
uh, a healing, a place that they, you guys can settle down and heal for a couple of days. Uh, eventually you wake up. You've got your head wrapped up in cloths. Um, your physical wounds have closed up. Some of the places that are stitched and have been manually healed have finally cleansed themselves. You know, and uh, you go to read and your sight isn't good enough. You got to hold the book at arm's length mm -hmm. and bring it close and then bring it far. And just the focus isn't there anymore. Your eyes twitch as you try and focus in on the words. And worse yet, as you try to, you know, conjure, you know, and read your own spell book to try and bring those spells to memory, they aren't nearly coming as well. Mm -hmm. Every day you lose a spell slot. Oof. Your lore is hindered, mm -hmm. you know, and now you've affected that character in a way that like is tangible that they can feel. Yeah. And it's personal to them, you know, uh, and that's where that's where that weight kicks in. And that's where it feels an equal weight and the other players want to help them. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they find wands, maybe they find other things to help them become, you know, back to the level of, of, of casting and, and lore that they were before, mm -hmm. you know, but it's, it's those conflicts and the way that the group pulls together to help through them, help them through it is I think where the weight of that comes in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so. absolutely. All right. Well, next week's topic is we're going to be talking about character concepts 101. So where do you fish the ideas for your characters up out of there and how do you make them interesting when they get there? You can find us on Twitter at ST underscore Conclave, on Instagram at ST underscore Conclave. Listen to us live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time when we record the show uh, at mixlr.com slash storyteller dash Conclave. And join us on our Discord. You can find the link on our Twitter as well as our website, storytellerconclave.com. We'd like to thank our Patreon members, especially our name members, Knox in the Box, Sam, the Arcane Asylum, Sparkle Motion, Veteran, and Hulavu. We really appreciate all the help you guys give us and allow us to do the show week after week. Our pre-show music is by Arcane Anthems. You can find that at patreon.com slash arcane anthems. Our, our intro music, which you uh, heard at the beginning, was Beyond the Warriors by Geefrog. You can find that at geefrog.bandcamp.com or on Google Music. Our outro music, which is only our footprints in the sand, and you're hearing it right now, you can find it at freemusicarchive.org. And big shout-out, as always, to our families, Vicky and Sean. Thank you so much for loving and supporting us. All of our friends who sat with us at our tables over these years to give and us And the peanut cool galleries. And <laughs> the peanut galleries, yes. <laughs> to give us these great stories to share with you and all of you, our listeners. We love you so much. Love you very much. Good night. Good night.